0: So, Second Chronicles thirty-five, in verse one, it says, "Josiah kept a pa- kept a Passover to the Lord in Jerusalem, and they slaughtered the Passover lamb on the fourteenth day of the first month. He appointed the priests to their offices and encouraged them in the service of the house of the Lord. And he said to the Levites, who taught all Israel and who were holy to the Lord, put the holy ark in the house that Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, Built. You need not carry it on your shoulders. Now serve the Lord your God and his people Israel. Prepare yourselves according to your father's houses by your divisions as prescribed in the writing of David, king of Israel, and the document of Solomon his son. And stand in the holy place according to the groupings of the father's houses of your brothers, the lay people, and according to the division of the Levites by father's household, and slaughter the Passover lamb and consecrate yourselves and prepare for your brothers to do according to the word of the Lord of Moses. You know, Josiah took, as we know, he took full responsibility. His heart, his desire was to restore the worship of God, restore the sacrifices in the temple to use that which God had set aside to be worshipped at that location and restore its use, the worship of God. And so he took full responsibility. He assigned responsibilities to organize and plan the observance of the Passover according to the exact details prescribed by the Lord. Exactly as God required. This is, this is what Josiah paid close attention to. And so he planned accordingly. He organized accordingly. He knew exactly what he needed to do. The book of the law was, had been found. And so everything was laid out. You know, 2 Peter 1.3 says that everything that pertains to life and godliness is found in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. If you want to know how to respond to or handle certain things in your life, go to the Word of God. It's all laid out there. No matter if it's friendships, how to handle your boss, it's there too. Your marriage, how to worship God. All of those things are present. But you've got to read it you got to study it. Otherwise, you will not know. But it's all laid out there. And so for Josiah, he knew exactly what he needed to do. And he paid close attention, went through all the details, and made sure that his plans and, and everything that he organized was according to God's word, as the Lord had prescribed and required. Now, Josiah, unlike Hezekiah... Hezekiah was able to observe the Passover, but remember that they, weren't, they, they didn't have time to consecrate all the priests. They weren't ready. And so there was an allowance to where Hezekiah observed the Passover in the second month. Well, in the word, it's supposed to happen in the 14th day of the first month. Unlike Hezekiah, Josiah was ready. The priests were consecrated. The Levites were consecrated. The people were ready. Josiah is doing everything that he can possibly do to make sure that this was all done. He not only told the priests, consecrate yourselves, but he also encouraged them. In other words, you know, to encourage someone is to impart courage to them, to To lift them up. Right? To show them why it is. To stir them up. To to get them excited or joyful. or, Or know the purpose of why it is that they're doing what they've been called to do. And so that is exactly what Josiah was doing. With the priests and the Levites. He told them prepare yourselves. But also he encouraged them. Now I want to touch on Passover because it's important that we understand or we're reminded of what exactly Passover is. Passover is the observance of Israel's deliverance from Egypt, beginning on the night when God ordered for each household of Israel to sacrifice a lamb and to take some hyssop and dip it into the blood and then cover the lintel and the two doorposts with its blood. And no one was to go out of the house until the morning. This was to be observed. Now we understand that uh, the Lord, in his, pow- in his power, he had, he had uh, shown sign after sign to Pharaoh. As we know, Moses had gone to him and told him, we need to go and worship our God, let my people go, right? Let us go and worship, and he didn't, over and over and over again. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 12. This is what is to be observed, and it was from the time of Moses and the time of Exodus. In Exodus chapter 12 is where we're going. 12 and then verse 21. Then Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and select lambs for yourselves according to your clans and kill the Passover lamb. And when you come to the land that the Lord will give you, as he has promised, you shall keep this service. And when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? You shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. For he passed over the houses of the people of Israel in Egypt, when he struck the Egyptians but spared our houses, and the people bowed their heads and worshiped. Then the people of Israel went and did so, as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. So they did. This is the Passover. So now, fast forward, and now we're with Josiah, and this is the the very thing that they're celebrating, that they're observing. You know, every time we take communion, we're reminded of, of God's victory over sin and death through his son, Jesus Christ, through the shed blood of Christ, our Lord and Savior. We ought to do that as often as we we possibly can. To be reminded. And that's what the Lord tells us. And so that's what we need. We need to do it often. So it was for the children of Israel. You know, this, this pointed to the Passover lamb. The lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus Christ himself. Who fulfilled this. And there's now no need for further sacrifice. It was done. He was done on the cross as, as he paid in full to atone for our sins once and for all. Now I read this because we need to start thinking about what it is that they were observing and when it was established and why it was established for Israel to observe The last time before Josiah, the Passover was observed, as I have said, in the days of Hezekiah. If you remember, and I made note of this earlier, Judah was unable to be prepared for it in the time that it was to be observed and ended up observing it in the second month, not the first. But again, Josiah was able to observe it at the appointed time. And so he appointed, and he encouraged the priests to begin by returning the ark of the covenant to its rightful place in the holy of holies. So this implies it was removed, right? This is one of the things. So those who were prepared, they were consecrated. They, Josiah, told them, "Okay, bring the ark of the covenant back into the holy of holies. Put it where it belongs." We need to think about what was happening between the time of Josiah and prior to that. Remember all the other kings and and exactly what they gave themselves to. Because it was taken out by the priests to protect the ark from being defiled. Remember how the temple had been turned into a brothel. Where disgraceful acts of sexual immorality had been conducted in the name of Asherah, the fertility goddess, and the place where Canaanite gods were worshipped openly. When King Josiah told the priests that they no longer had to carry it on their shoulders, he was referring to the ark's removal in order for it not to be in the presence of such defiling acts, as I have just described. And we've gone into more detailed description of what exactly was happening there. In the temple and in the courts and in that whole area. Remember, it was in a state of decay. The gates had to be repaired. The the temple had to be repaired. The things that were used to worship the idols had to be removed. It had to be cleansed. And then the instruments that were used to worship God had to be brought back into the temple. So there, the very presence of the Lord, the Lord promised that he would meet with Israel right there as over the mercy seat, right? It was in that place, and so that was to be returned. It, it, it symbolized the return of the presence of God amongst God's people. You know, as we sung the song and take not thy Holy Spirit away. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation and renew a right spirit within me. So it points to the psalmist David, right? But we need to understand, you know, so as New Testament believers, the Holy Spirit does not depart like it did from Saul. We know that. But as we sing that song, we need to consider this that we can neglect, reject, Ignore the spirit, the work of conviction, and and we can turn our backs. And and that's called a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter that turns their back on God and goes in the other direction. And so you can say we ourselves turn away from those things that the Lord desires to do in our lives and work in us. When we come back to the Lord, when we repent, we confess those things. We realize it's not the Lord that took away his spirit. His spirit has always been there. But we understand, restore unto me the joy of my salvation and renew a right spirit within me. We long for that. And then we also think about, oh, Lord, I I, I never want to. And I hope that's our desire that... I never want to depart from you again. I never do. That was miserable. Unfortunately, I experienced that years ago. Y- years ago, there was a time when I turned my back on the Lord. And from that time for from the point that I recommitted my life to the Lord, well, I, I have, not i've desired that the lord lord i don't want to go through that again please help my stupidity help me depart from my own stupidity help me humble myself before you because i never want to be there again all those things from my life were were cleansed were removed and in and i had to be filled with god's spirit to overflowing that the Lord would restore unto me the joy of my salvation. You know this is what was happening as we see here. How it is that Josiah was, was uh, desiring to follow God's word precisely. That everything would, would, would be conducted in a way that was honoring to the Lord. And so even the Ark of the Covenant was returned into the Holy of Holies. In place where it should have been all along. Everything was being put into place and readied for the observance of the Passover. Well, it was believed that the Ark of the Covenant was moved to Shelem's house. Uh, Shelem, you might ask, well, who's Shelem? Well, he's uh, thought to be the uncle of Jeremiah the prophet and the husband of Huldah the prophetess. And so we've talked about Huldah, we've talked about Jeremiah, we'll learn more about Jeremiah Uh, in in the the coming time as we continue to go through the old testament but uh, it it sought to have been brought into his home and remain there until this time of josiah as it says in, in verse six let's continue on verse six says in slaughter the passover lamb and consecrate yourselves and prepare for your brothers to do according to the word of the the Lord by Moses. As we read back, though, in uh, Exodus chapter 12, we know that it's each household um, that had to actually slaughter a lamb, right? So it was per, per household. You can imagine the number of sacrifices that were required to observe the Passover. It was one per household. This means that the priests had much work to do, do you think it required them to be prepared? Absolutely. They absolutely had to be prepared personally, knowing what was before them. Right? Taking into account all the work that, was, that they were going to give themselves to. And most importantly, spiritually prepared for it. Consecrating themselves. Being well organized in order to meet the needs and complete the observing of Passover in the time that God had commanded And so Josiah noted, he said, and said to the Levites who taught all Israel and who were holy to the Lord—in other words, set apart unto the Lord—they were ready. They were the ones that would bring in the Ark of the Covenant to the house of the Lord and place it where it should go. So they were—they needed to be ready. They needed to be prepared. We need to always be prepared. Those who are serving need to always be prepared. Knowing what work lies ahead. And most importantly, if you're going to have the right heart, you need to understand who you're serving and to be right. If there's been something in your life between yesterday and today that you need to confess and give to the Lord, you need to do it right away. Don't wait. Delayed obedience is disobedience. You need to do it right away. That way you are right as you minister to the Lord and serve him in whatever capacity you're called to serve him. Let's continue. Verse 7 says, Then Josiah contributed to the lay people as Passover offerings for all who were present, lambs and young goats from the flock, to the number of 30,000 and 3,000 bulls, these were from the king's possessions. Let's stop there for a second. I just want to make note of this because this is, this is an extravagant generosity that is demonstrated by the king. Josiah was willing to give, of his own, 30,000 goats and lambs and 3,000 bulls. The, totally off, the, the total offerings... At this time for the observance of this Passover was more than double of the offerings that Hezekiah had uh, had had sacrificed during the observance of the Passover. But we also need to understand that Josiah's observance included not only the southern kingdom, but also the northern kingdom. Remember that the northern kingdom, those who remained, there were some who had already been taken into captivity. And so he had reached far into the northernmost parts of Israel And also, of course, invited them to come and observe Passover. This was more than double of what Hezekiah had had sacrificed during that Passover. But then we see something happen here. Verse 8 says, And his officials contributed willingly to the people, to the priests and to the Levites, uh, Hilkiah, Zechariah, and Jael, the chief officers of the house of God, gave to the priests for the Passover offerings 2,600 Passover lambs and 3,000 bulls. Konaniah also, and Shimeah, and Nathanael, his brothers, and Hashabiah, and Jael, and Josabad, the chiefs of the Levites, gave to the Levites for the Passover offerings 5,000 lambs and young goats and 500 bulls. Now, this is, uh, again, just so many people that were coming to worship to observe the Passover. We saw the generosity of King Josiah, and now we see the generosity of Josiah's leaders. Because as we read there, as we saw, they were also very generous with personal contributions contributions to the, to, to the worship of God by observing the Passover. This, this was a... a just say a generosity by those that were overseeing Israel. They gave just as Josiah gave, they, they gave in abundance. They they were holding nothing back. Nothing. Listen, whether we acknowledge it or not, whether we agree with it or not, every single one of you. Influence others. You influence others in some way. Whether positive or negative. We all do. In this case we have the king who was very generous. He was very generous with his personal flocks and herds toward the people. And I have no doubt. I have no doubt whatsoever that the leaders of Israel were encouraged to do the same. You know, when you see someone, doesn't it encourage you when they step out on faith? It's like, man, I want to I want to be like that. I, that just stirs me. When we get together and we we enjoy the fellowship of the saints. In fact, it says in Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love in good works. We cannot do that if we're not in fellowship. That's why testimonies are so powerful. You hear about how it is that, you know, I, I did this thing. I wasn't sure about whether I could or not. Man, God did a work. And you know what it does? It, it stirs your heart. You're like, wow, that's amazing. I, I, I don't think, I don't know if I, I'm able to do that, but man, at this point, I'm more willing to do it Because I heard you were able to do it. And God used you. I don't know if I'm able to go through this. And then you have someone else come alongside and say, I made it through. God is faithful. Oh, it's vital. We influence others. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. In Titus chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, it says, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works and in your teaching, that is, in doctrine. Show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. We, we ought to have... An integrity in the strictest regard for the soundness of doctrine, having a zeal for the truth and understanding its gravity, being sincere in our faith. And then First Corinthians 11:1: "Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. You see, we are always surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. Therefore, be governed by God's word. Be sound in doctrine. Discerning of personal intentions, our own personal intentions. Mature in application and thoughtful in speech. Let's continue. Verse 10 says, When the service had been prepared for, the priests stood in their place, and the Levites in their divisions according to the king's command. And they slaughtered the Passover lamb and the priests through the blood that they received from them while the Levites flayed the sacrifices. And they set aside the burnt offerings that they might distribute them according to the groupings of the father's houses of the lay people to offer to the Lord as it is written in the book of Moses. And so they did with the bulls. And they roasted the Passover lamb with fire according to the rule. And they boiled the holy offerings in pots and cauldrons and in pans. And carried them quickly to all the lay people. And afterward, they prepared for themselves and for the priests, because the priests, the sons of Aaron, were offering the burnt offerings and the fat parts until night. So the Levites prepared for themselves and for the priests, the sons of Aaron. The singers, the sons of Asaph, were in their place according to the command of David, and Asaph, and Heman, and Jeduthun, the king's seer, and the gatekeepers were at each gate. They did not need to depart from their service, for their brothers, the Levites, prepared for them. So, once everything and everyone was in place to observe the Passover, it's like, you know, Josiah, you know, everyone's, and I just picture this, right? Okay, here's the the brief, in the briefing, we're going to go over everything, all the, the details, right? So-and-so is assigned over here. So-and-so is assigned over there. You know, these people have this watch and then the next group of people. you, You all know your places, right? Yes, absolutely. We're all prepared. We know our places. We know where to go. We know when to relieve. We know when to assume the responsibilities. We know all of that. And Josiah says, it's time. Take your places. And he sends them off. This was all prepared and organized to observe the Passover. They they began and did not stop until they finished. It says here, as it is described for us, they didn't stop until the night. They started in the morning and went all day, all day, all day long. Until the night. That's day one. Day two. Same thing. Day three. It was non-stop offering of sacrifices and roasting and boiling of the meat for peace offerings and for offerings of thanksgiving. Enjoying the sharing of meals together. As we read here, they were sharing the meals together. Everything had been planned and carried out exactly how God had prescribed. They were careful to not deviate from the observing the Passover in the manner in which God had instructed Moses. I want to go through some of the offerings just to give us an idea of what is in, involved in, in worshiping God in the times of the Old Testament. There were those, thing, those sacrifices which were given voluntarily. There, there were burnt offerings, which uh, a burnt offering is completely consumed and meant for the atoning of unintentional sin and expressed devotion, it expressed consecration unto the Lord. A burnt offering is completely consumed. It was God's portion. So it was completely consumed. The grain offering, which included a drink offering, was an offering of thanksgiving for God's provision. Acknowledgement of God's blessings, which are numerous, right? We can't, we, we can't um, express our thankfulness, our gratitude toward God enough. In fact, these offerings of thanksgiving could just go on and on and on and on. But this is what it was. And this included a portion being given to the priests. And then there were the peace offerings. This was a sacrifice of thanksgiving as well. But it was also a meal that was shared. The high priest took a portion, the breast, the officiating priest, was given a portion, and these were considered wave offerings because they were uh, heave offerings. Also, they were considered heave offerings because they were waved before the altar. We've gone into the details of all of this in previous teachings. This offering, as far as the peace offerings were concerned, the organs were removed, and they were offered to God as burnt offerings, and the rest of the animal was shared by the people participating. But we also have those mandatory offerings. Uh, the sin offering was an offering to atone for sin and cleanse from defilement. This was to be offered in one of five ways, and you can read the details of those five ways. It all depended on your uh, what you could do financially. Some people could not afford what was required, and so therefore, there's also the offering... That could come by way of a pigeon. So there were certain ways that you could also be obedient and and participate in these offerings, even though financially you could not afford the more expensive offerings. The trespass offering was another one. This was an offering which could only be a ram. So this this was uh, exclusive only to... uh, for, to a ram, to offer a ram, to atone for unintentional sin that required some type of reimbursement to an offended party and was also used to serve at the, 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 the cleansing uh, portion of defilement that uh, came upon someone. Perhaps for an example of this is touching some, a dead person or um, because of physical illness, being healed from some sort of disease. Um, And so they were to present themselves to the priests, the people. And then there was this offering that was uh, offered in order to atone for. Sacrifices were offered, as we've seen, the consecration of serving priests. Remember, they all had to prepare themselves Sacrifices were, were, uh, were being conducted prior to Passover in order for the priests and the Levites to be prepared for the Passover. We have one high priest who needed no sacrifice for himself. His sacrifice was to atone for our sins once and for all. I, I point all of this out so that we understand that the process that the priests and the Levites and the people went through to observe the Passover was extensive. Extensive. Can you imagine? I mean, if if the Lord would put out, hey, this is how you prepare yourself to come worship on Sunday. And then while you're at worship service on Sunday, th- this is how the Lord is, is honored and glorified. And you have to go through all this list of, of things that you had to do in order to not only come prepared and right before the Lord, but also to worship Him with the right heart. What do we complain of? <laughs> he has gone like five minutes over. Right? It's like, man, another day. Or it's the studying of God's word. I can't do that. I have too busy of a schedule. Okay. Listen, we all make time for what's of value to us. We, don't, we can't kid ourselves, right? I don't have time for that. We make time for everything else that we want to do. This is, this is how involved their their worship was. Wow. And, and they did it with like joyfully. They understood exactly. Their whole life was given to the worship of God. Everything. All of this involved. And required serious preparation and everyone's willing participation and cooperation. It demanded it. It was a personal sacrifice, service, and also a corporate form of worship which glorified God by remembering how he delivered his people from Egypt, from death and getting them across the Red Sea, overcoming, overwhelming, and overcoming the enemy. we love because he first loved us we should if we get tired of demonstrating our love toward God and worshipping him there's nothing wrong with anyone else but our own hearts it's, that's where the problem it's with our own hearts two more things i want to point out before we continue that is worship and gatekeepers worship and gatekeepers And we see them at the end here in verse 15. Uh, in verse 15, the singers, the sons of Asaph, were in their place according to the command of David and Asaph, and Heman and Jeduthun, the king's seer. And then he goes on to talk about the gatekeepers. But let me just point out one thing with worship, with the singers. Singers in the playing of instruments is not prescribed by God during the Passover observance. In other words, it's not a requirement. But as as we've seen many times, the worship of God, considering his worth, causes his people to celebrate who he is by praising him with our lips, singing unto him with great joy and thanksgiving out of the abundance of our hearts. I mean, we, we can go through many sections of Scripture. Psalm eighty six twelve is one. I am going to touch on Psalm or read Psalm 105, verses 1 through 6, which says, "Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the peoples, sing to Him, sing praises to Him, tell of all His wondrous works, glory in His holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice, Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. One more Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Is He not worthy of our praise? Oh, man. <laughs> that we would... Abandon ourselves and consider him only as we worship. You see, Josiah did not have to have singers and instruments, and yet he did. He did. You could say he was extra. There's nothing wrong with being extra when it comes to worshiping the Lord. Gatekeepers, verse fifteen says, and the gatekeepers were at each gate. They did not need to depart from their service, for their brothers and the Levite, uh, their brothers the Levites prepared for them. Okay, gatekeepers, uh, we've learned these were. Uh, this is armed security. They weren't there just you know looking pretty with nice uniforms on. You know, uh, you're looking pretty at the gates, you know, like welcome anybody who wanted to come in. No, no, that's, that's not these gatekeepers. No, sir, not at all. These were armed security who were ensuring the safety of the worshipers. Did not take for granted that the enemies of God would not at some point attempt to attack physically and stop the worshipers from observing the Passover. So Josiah did not take that for granted. He had gatekeepers. See, the gatekeepers facilitated the worship of God, ensured the safety of the worshipers. They stayed at their post. They did not leave their post. They didn't have to. Because their brothers, the Levites, this is beautiful. How the, the body of Christ this this outworks. If we consider each other, this is what happens. No one is is uh, is, is left alone. Uh, nobody goes unnoticed. Everyone is tended to. Right? What happened here is that the Levites they prepared food and they took food to their brothers who were standing guard at the gates. No one had to move. Maintain your post. Truly thankful. Here you go, brother. Taking care of each other. I'm not going to go to it, but make a note. If you're taking notes, check out. In fact, I am. <laughs> Ephesians 4, and I'm just going to go to verses 15 and 16 says, Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, that is the church, Joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Once the body is working in that manner, it starts to build itself up in love. It's a a perpetual work that continues to disciple others and encourage and stir each other up to loving good works. We admonish and encourage and we rebuke and we teach and we counsel. And that's what happens because we have a bunch of people within the church who are doing their part and then encouraging others and building people up to also participate and it continues to grow. That's a healthy church. But we need to give ourselves to that and be willing to participate. Church is not For observation, you know, it's not a spectator's uh, kind of a faith. It 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 demands an involvement. In fact, that's what the Word of God tells us. He gives us the great commission: make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. The result, verse sixteen, says. So all the service of the Lord was prepared that day to keep the Passover and to offer burnt offerings on the altar of the Lord, according to the command of King Josiah. And the people of Israel who were present kept the Passover at that time in the Feast of Unleavened Bread, seven days. No Passover like it had been kept in Israel since the days of Samuel the prophet. None of the kings of Israel had kept such a Passover as was kept by Josiah and the priests and the Levites and all Judah and Israel who were present, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. In the 18th year of the reign of Josiah, the Passover was kept. This, is, this was the result. The Passover was completely observed, organized, ready. All participated, the people persevered, and they all obediently observed the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and there was nothing that compared to the detailed observance of this Passover, as I said previously, since the days of Samuel. It was done so well that the only other time of observance that compared to this one was way back before even King David and King Solomon. So to this, we just simply say glory to God, right? That was what Josiah gave himself to. And the impact that it it had on the nation and the people, I'm sure far surpassed what they could even imagine. Let's continue, though. Verse 20 Because then verse 20 comes. (laughs) After all this, when Josiah had prepared the temple, Necho, king of Egypt, went up to fight at Carchemish on the Euphrates, and Josiah went out to meet him. But he sent envoys to him, saying, What have we to do with each other, king of Judah? I am not coming against you this day, but against the house with which I am at war. And God has commanded me to hurry. Cease opposing God who is with me, lest he destroy you. Nevertheless Josiah did not turn away from him but disguised himself in order to fight with him. He did not listen to the words of Nico from the mouth of God but came to fight in the plain of Megiddo. We're going to stop there for a moment. Listen, there was there was no reason that for Josiah to rise up against Nico king of Egypt. There was no reason for that whatsoever. In fact, Nico told Josiah that uh, he, he was not himself, he, he was not coming against, his fight was not with Judah. He told him, you have nothing to do with me, I have nothing to do with you. I'm not coming against you. But against Assyria and Babylon. That's who he was coming up against. Nico warned Josiah that this had, again, nothing to do with him. He told him, Turn away. Turn away, and he says, uh, cease opposing God who is with me, lest he destroy you. Interesting how it was that these words came out of the mouth of Nico. He warned Josiah that if he stopped Nico or came against them, he would be in danger of being destroyed by God himself. Now, it's believed by most scholars that it was unlikely that Nico actually had an understanding that he was acting in line with God, the God of Israel, the one and only God. But his thoughts were rather more likely in line with what he knew regarding his own gods. Nevertheless, he spoke to him in the way in which he did. Now, the one who should have been listening is the one who did did know the God of Israel. That's who should have been paying attention. Because it, it indeed was a warning from God. Some things to think about, which maybe Josiah should have thought about in the moment when he heard these words from King Nico, In going against Egypt, he needed to think about what was he doing by going up against Egypt. Really what he was doing was aligning himself, making himself an ally of the Assyrian and Babylonian empires. That's who really he was aligning himself with if he came against King Nico of Egypt. Even if a warning, then this is what we need to understand, we need to, again, be discerning. Even if a warning comes from a, an unbeliever, and this is not the only place in Scripture to where we have a warning come to the children of God through an unbeliever. Caiaphas was one. We remember also Pilate's wife was another. Because God, remember, God is sovereign. He can use whoever it is that he wants. So being knowledgeable of God's word should give a believer understanding and possess wisdom and discernment that leads to the right response. Well, Josiah disregarded Nico's words and nevertheless went into battle. But he went in disguise, right? And so let's continue. Verse 23 says, And the archers shot King Josiah, and the king said to his servants, Take me away, for I am badly wounded. So his servants took him out of the chariot and carried him in his second chariot and brought him to Jerusalem. And he died and was buried in the tombs of his fathers. All Judah and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. Jeremiah also uttered a lament for Josiah. And all the singing men and singing women have spoken of Josiah in their laments to the day. They made these a rule in Israel. Behold, they are written in the laments. So we go on and we understand, of course, we see here how it is that the warning was not heeded. It's interesting how the, the archers, the, the arrow, found Josiah, even though he was, he was in disguise, hit him just right. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? it? Sounds very familiar. In fact, this is what happened to Ahab, King Ahab. Josiah was wounded and he was killed in the same manner. Some things that we ought to take note, and they're missing is that Josiah, there's no record of him praying, seeking the Lord. There's, there's no record of that. Seeking God to confirm whether Nico was right or wrong, I should have gone to the Lord. We need, we need to take our time, not be, not be in a rush to do things. We need to discern, be wise, ask the Lord. If we lack wisdom, James 1.5 says to ask without doubting. And he'll give to us without reproach and he'll give to us whatever it is that we need as far as wisdom is concerned. Of course, I'm paraphrasing. That there's no record of Josiah going to the Lord. And then there's this disguising of himself. Why would someone need to disguise themselves? And this is a question. You know, he could have you know, going into combat, thought, well, I'm going to disguise himself. Normally kings don't. They go in, you know very well, where the king is and, and to protect him. But he disguised himself which something that think that this reflected a lack of faith and confidence that the Lord was sending him into this battle. In his own heart, he already knew. it was bad to it was a bad end to one of Judah's best kings in a moment of disregarding god Josiah died like one of the worst kings as i had noted king Ahab he he died in the same manner now this didn't make him a bad king like overall he was not therefore okay so he ended like this so he was an evil king no he disregarded god in this last portion of his life and his life ended in this manner again it 's something for us to consider to think about hey listen this is this is a marathon it 's not a sprint, so we need to we need to really draw close to the lord we need to we need to take heed, we need to continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We need to learn how to apply you know some things sometimes we may uh, think that we have a a good grasp on God's word and and we can walk confidently with him only to be uh, confronted with an area of our lives that need maturing. Please, church, let us humble ourselves before God and never think that we have arrived. You know, the Apostle Paul he was very well aware of the fact that he, he had not arrived. He, has, he had not attained, right? Until the day he went home to be with the Lord, he had not attained. If he hasn't attained, we surely have not attained. Because we can end up like Josiah. For the most part, we did. We walked with the Lord soundly. We were faithful to him. And then we disregard him. And it doesn't end well. Do we all desire to end well? end well you know we we heard a story the other day by larry powers how it is that that swimmer that that woman i forgot her name she was uh swimming what is it 32 miles from uh, the island of avalon to shore right oh yeah yeah catalina avalon yeah and so 32 miles and she quit at 31.5 she was brought back into the boat she needed was 0.5 miles. That's it. Listen, let's keep our eyes fixed on the Lord. He will complete that which he has begun in each and every one of us. Remember, he is the author, and he is the perfecter of our faith. He will never leave us, he'll never forsake us, and lo, he is with us even unto the end of the age, right? He's faithful. Well, Josiah... Was indeed overall a good king. The nation mourned as he was given an honorable burial. And then verse 26, it says, Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and his good deeds, according to what is written in the law of the Lord, and his acts first and last, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. So overall, Josiah lived his life in accordance uh, to God's word. And that's what we have here. He had great zeal for God and his glory, he led the nation in the worship of God in sound doctrine, uh, extravagant, uh, de- demonstrating an, uh, an extravagant generosity and love toward the Lord, paying attention to the details of God's Word, and observing those details in the worship of God. He, he did all of those things. Those are the things that really should stick in our minds and our hearts. And then also, keep in mind how it is that the enemy, well, he's always there. And so we need to always... Be sure, we never put our guard down. Never, ever put it down. I'll leave you with this. Psalm 86, 12 and 13 says, I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you. We bring you glory. We declare, Lord, we know That you are sovereign, you are wonderful, and you are worthy to be praised. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us when we do stumble, when we do fall short, when we do sin. Lord, your word tells us that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I ask, Lord, that you would fill us afresh with your spirit... Strengthen us, Lord. And as we open up the word and we study your word, I ask, Lord, that you would impart to us wisdom. Lord, an understanding of your word and help us discern how to apply it. That, Lord, you may be honored and glorified. Lord, we want to finish this race and we want to finish it well. We want to be faithful to you all the way until the last breath that we take. And so, Father, thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for the love that you have for us and demonstrated to us through Jesus Christ. We love you, we thank you, and we pray this in Jesus' name.